Good morning, saints of our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm your host, Brady Finner, District President of the Minnesota North District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Thank you for tuning us in this morning on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. A blessed Pentecost season this Thursday, July the 14th, as the light of Jesus shines on us from Genesis chapter 33. It is, chapter 33 is one of those I want to crown jewels of the whole book of Genesis. I'm not going to put it above others, but boy, it is full and, and chock full of not only God's grace, but how God's people extend grace to others. Because get this, we know the story of Jacob and Esau, how that relationship would be burdened. Just think about how many relationships in our own lives have been more burdened uh, than, than that, and we the people did a lot less to us than happened here with Jacob and Esau. So Jacob knows that Esau is coming, so what does he do? If you go to chapter 32, he brings out 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams, uh, 30 milking camels and their calves, 40 cows, 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys, and 10 male donkeys. Goes down the whole list, puts it out in front of them and say, maybe we will be reconciled with all of these things in front of him. But is that what happens? We'll find out today, for it is one of the great stories of all of Scripture. Open up your Bibles, put on your Christ goggles, for the gifts are ready, ready for you. Thank you to our friends at Lutheran Heritage Foundation for your support of Thy Strong Word. Visit lhfmissions.org for more information, lhfmissions.org. Helping us to be strengthened by God's word this morning, we welcome back Pastor Doug Gribbenow, mission advocate here on KFUO Radio. Pastor Gribbenow, happy Pentecost, and welcome back to Thy Strong Word. Well, thank you, brother. It is just a, an absolute joy for me to be with you again today. So, Pastor, uh, this is maybe, boy, a little bit stressful because yesterday we had your pastor on to do chapter 32 and now maybe he's he's listening to us today to make sure you don't mess it up in chapter 33 what do you think well you know if he's anything like me then then he probably <laughs> forgot to tune in um <laughs> so my my mea culpas to my pastor <laughs> <laughs> that I I missed your uh, your brilliance yesterday, brother, and and uh, hopefully you'll you'll uh, he might miss my un, my less than brilliance today. Right? There it is. <laughs> Isn't that well, about about pastors? We always sort of feel like our brother pastors out there are just so much smarter and better and more capable than us. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh! And I tell you what, one of the great joys of being in this position, I know in your position as well, is that every day uh, that I get on the radio, that I think I have the answer. I I have figured it out, and then the the Lord works by his word through another pastor to give an insight that just reminds us that we are truly the body of Christ as opposed to my own, you know, my own hand or something like that, because well, the Lord, the Lord equips us and gives us what we need throughout the kingdom. So that is a real humbling thing. Any thoughts on that as a KFU advocate? Well, you know, I actually just take tying it back to the text. I think humility is a good theme, uh, especially as we're coming into Genesis chapter 33. But, yeah. uh, it's a good theme for us each and every day that we should not think more highly of ourselves than we ought, but also Absolutely. rejoice in the gifts that God gives us in our brothers and sisters. Um, no, and, Pastor. And the, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was The gifts we give him and, and, and just the, uh, the insight that we have together. This is, this is a big reason why we need to be in fellowship, in communion with the saints, when we need to come to church to be that body of Christ. Because... Uh, you, when when you're just off by yourself, you and your Bible, uh, I find that I I come to lots of things that I think are absolutely brilliant, and 
And then on, uh, on further uh, introspection and after counsel with others, I discovered that that, that wasn't quite as, as uh, ground-shakingly <laughs> revealing as I had thought. And, and, uh, and so it's good for us to spend that time together and to hear the word proclaimed and then wrestle with it together. Uh, well, chapter 32, right? Wrestling, yeah. wrestling with God and wrestling with one another as we wrestle with mm. God's word. And that's why Absolutely. Thy Strong Word is such a great show. Oh, it's so much fun. It's it so is. much fun. So, Pastor, uh, I know people have listened to other parts of KFUO. They've heard of you. You've been on this program before. But can you give us a real quick synopsis of what uh, Mission Advocate for KFUO means? Well, well certainly. As, as the Mission Advocate, I, uh, to, not to sound un, uninformed, I advocate for the mission. No. <laughs> I reach out <laughs> to brothers and sisters, uh, to congregations, to recognized service organizations, to other ministries within the LCMS, uh, to foster and build this partnership in in the Great Commission that we're all engaged in, uh, the synergy that is this body of Christ, as we all work together for the proclamation of the gospel and to deliver God's gifts to the people, uh, but especially here with KFUO. Uh, folks who who remember us in their prayers, who who tune in and share us with their friends and their neighbors, or or if you're a bold extrovert with the stranger down the street, um, but also who give of their abundance so that God's word can go forth, uh, beginning in Jerusalem with the apostles, but now now here from the international center of the LCMS across the globe uh, with the, with the gift of technology, with the streaming of the internet. Uh, and so, I, I'm I'm really I'm I'm a a bridge builder, if you will, uh, for our ministry and with those who wish to have God's word proclaimed. And that's what we are all about uh, here on KFUO for you anytime, anywhere. And I'll tell you a little bit of a highlight here. I was at the Nash Youth uh, the Youth Gathering in Houston, Texas, and for the first time, I had a person with me in the studio when I was recording. I had Pastor Joshua Kanipa, um, who's from Nederland, Texas, and one of our former employees here in KFUO, James Pastor James Cleland, uh, was with me as well down there. And I tell you what, one of the common themes that we heard as we were sitting there hanging out is kids and adults and other people would walk by and they would say, what's KFUO? And and Andy and Sarah did a great job continually saying, we are your radio station to bring uh, Christ to you anytime, anywhere. So that that's who we are. That's what we're about. And, you know, um, there's always more to learn and there's always more God's word to dig into. So that's what we're up to here today. So, Pastor, can you begin our time in prayer? Of course. Brothers and sisters, let us pray. Gracious Lord, Heavenly Father, by your speaking, you brought all things into being. And by your continued speech, you sustain and uphold all things. In you, we live and move and have our being. We pray that your spirit may be with us today as we wrestle with your word, as your promises spoken before the foundation of the world, recorded by the faithful prophets, that we may be fed and nourished in our souls and that we may be equipped to go forth in the good works that you have given us to walk in, that we may serve our neighbor and thereby bring glory unto your name. We pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. If you have any questions concerning our text today, Genesis chapter 33, send us an email, kfuo at kfuo.org, or give us a call on this live study, 314-821-0850, 314 821 
850. How we'll begin today is by hearing the Word of God. We pray the Holy Spirit will not only open our eyes to see, open our ears to hear, and open our hearts to believe, but also we put on, like I said, those Christ goggles in this beloved chapter of Holy Scripture, Genesis chapter 33, as we hear from the English Standard Version. And Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, Esau was coming, and 400 men with him. So he divided the children among Leah and Rachel and the two female servants. And he put the servants with their children in front, and then Leah with her children and Rachel and Joseph last of all. He himself went on before them, bowing himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. And when Esau lifted up his eyes and saw the woman and children, women and children, and he said, who are these with you? Jacob said, The children of God has graciously given your servant. The children whom God has graciously given your servant. Then the servants drew near, they and their children, and bowed down. Leah likewise and her children drew near and bowed down. And last, Joseph and Rachel drew near, and they bowed down. Esau said, What do you mean by all this company that I meet? Jacob answered, To find favor in the sight of my Lord. But Esau said, I have enough. My brother, keep what you have for yourself. Jacob said, No, please, if I have found favor in your sight, then accept my present from my hand. For I have seen your face, which is like seeing the face of God, and you've accepted me. Please accept my blessing that has brought to you, because God has dealt graciously with me, and because I have enough. Then he urged him, and he took it. Then Esau said, Let us journey on our way, and I will go ahead of you. But Jacob said to him, My Lord knows that the children are frail and that the nursing flocks and herds are a care to me. If they are driven hard for one day, all the flocks will die. Let my Lord pass on ahead of his servant, and I will lead on slowly at the pace of the livestock that are ahead of me and the pace of the children until I come to my Lord in Seir. So Esau said, Let me leave you some of the people who are with me. But he said, What need is there? Let me find favor in the sight of my Lord. So Esau returned that day on his way to Seir. But Jacob journeyed to Succoth, and he built himself a house and made booths for his livestock. Therefore, the name of that place is called Succoth. And Jacob came safely to the land of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan, which is on the way to from Padam Aram, and camped there before the city. And from the sons of Hamor, Shechem's father, he brought he bought a, for a hundred pieces of money, the piece of land on which he had pitched his tent. There he erected an altar and called it El Elohi Israel. This is the word of our Lord this morning. Thanks, be Pastor. To I thanks be to God <laughs> yeah. for that. And I, I tell you what, this is um, kind of emotional to read. Uh, how do you want to break this down? Context, background, themes you want to point us to in the right direction today. Well, you know, we we ended yesterday, chapter 32, uh, on, on a cliffhanger uh, in a very dramatic mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. This, this is what Hollywood would do. You know, they, they'd film this and then they'd say to be continued and you have to wait six months, right? But we only <laughs> had to wait 24 hours. But this is That's a right. tremendous cliffhanger and it's a, it is a, a pivotal moment. It's a transition from what was to what is now. And and I think if we look at this Christologically, we will see this as as a story of of us, 
of all humanity, of brothers and sisters who have been born into and thrust into the enmity uh, that, that the fall has created um, and, and, and being brought then and carried into a new reality. And, and that's the story here. And, and we are brought into that by the blood of Jesus. And so we will, we will look here, I think, typologically to, to see Jesus within this text. And so as you look at it, 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 the cliffhanger is there. And it seems to me that I, I would be like Jacob. So if I had wronged a sibling, I, I only have a sister. So grievously I don't, I don't wronged. I, grievously <laughs> from wronged From the her. womb, you know, battling right. together. <laughs> right. And so his reaction of, oh boy, Esau's coming. Hmm. Let's see now. What did, what do, what, what would I normally do in this situation? What would the world normally do in this situation? And I don't know. It's like putting on a Lamborghini. Is that the equivalent of this? I'll put a Lamborghini out before them and then therefore they will be happier and know that we are in good relationship. But I, I really, I cannot follow Jacob for his actions at all in this one. What are your thoughts? You know, it, I, uh, I fully agree. This, this in chapter 32, you know, when when the servants come and tell him, you know, his messengers, verse 6 of chapter 32, when the messengers return to Jacob saying, we came to your brother Esau and he is coming to meet you and there are 400 men with him. <laughs> That's true. I mean, there's really only one sort of worldly logical conclusion. Uh, you know, Esau is coming with overwhelming force to finally, you know, give Jacob his comeuppance <laughs> to get mm-hmm. even. Uh, and and really, that is a, 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 the the fear that in in our own relationships keeps us from reconciling, and so we're afraid of of retribution, and it's mm-hmm. not without due in this in this world, and so that's the position that Jacob was in in chapter thirty two. He's terrified, greatly afraid, distressed, to the point where he says. I'm splitting up this, my, my camp, my, my family into two pieces. So, you know, if he comes in and slaughters them, then this other group at least has a chance to get away. Uh, He's fully expecting a violent confrontation. And, and in chapter 32, um, Jacob rightly does what we should all do. Uh, is he, he comes to the Lord and he, he, he confesses, he opens his heart, and he pours out his fears. And he says, God, I am terrified. Help me. But the, the great ending there is, is that then Jacob wrestles with God, right? Wrestles with God, is given a new name, right? Israel. And so 33 then begins after this encounter, after he has wrestled with God and been changed, you know, he, he's going to walk with a limp now. Uh, the mm. the one who had grabbed at the heel, who was always striving and 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 conniving to steal from his older brother the things that were you know by by natural law, if you will, that belong to Esau. Jacob has has taken, uh, and and now he is he's wrestled with God. He's been touched. He's been given some humility. And we come into chapter 33, and the very first verse here is, Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, Esau was coming again with these 400 men. But, but Jacob's different. 
The fear is gone. Now in humility, he is ready and desirous to make peace with his brother. So instead of the two camps divided, he brings them together in a sort of procession. So he divides the children among Leah and Rachel and the two female servants. He puts the the servants with their children in the front, Leah with her children, Rachel and Joseph last of all. Now we're tempted if we've forgotten what's happened in, in this transition of his wrestling with God to think, well, he's putting the ones he cares the least about up in front. <laughs> so they'll get mowed down first. And, and then maybe Rachel and Joseph last and all they can escape. But that's not at all what, what Jacob is doing here. Hmm. He is perhaps by his encounter with God, given a, a different perspective on what Esau is is doing and i think it'll be borne out when we get to verse four but esau is not coming with these 400 men for for battle for retribution for slaughter esau who had been given a different blessing right that that he would have plenty from the worldly goods he was given uh to have have earthly wealth and he would, of course, be a, a powerful and, uh, and, and an effective leader. And by his sword, he will, he will gain all these things. So he's, he's a king of many people. He's coming, Esau, with, a, with an honor guard, if you will. 400 people as a, as a man of state to meet and, and have you know, the, the pomp and circumstance of an honored uh, encounter. And so... Jacob is likewise doing the same. Uh, those of lower estate building to the, the climax of, of his favorite, of Rachel and Joseph. But he, as the, as the head of this family, then goes before. In verse 3, he himself went on before them, bowing himself to the ground seven times until he came to his brother. He who had been grabbing the heel of Esau, who had been striving to, to take what is not his own, to take the birthright, to steal the blessing, he's coming now a changed man in humility and in reconciliation. Pastor, this is really fascinating once again for me to think about is because often I will read chapter 33 out of context without thinking about 32 that literally when he's approaching this, he's doing so with humility, with a limp, by the way. He had just, you know, he had uh, encountered God. And I think when you read it on your own, you're still thinking he's really shaken in his boots, that he's really still um, terribly afraid in the sense of maybe he's afraid still. I mean, we all, he's a human being after all. Similius to set peccator, that's right. Absolutely. But he, but he definitely would have come with a different perspective than he did before uh, he had this wrestling with God, understanding that that God was with him, that he had met God face to face, that God's promises are real, that God's going to carry him through this. And so he's coming in humility. And these seven times that he came, he came in humility. He came in faith, trusting that instead of him having to grab the heel or him trying to steal something, that he was going to come in faith, which is a, which is a really, that, that definitely changes the text at least it makes it even richer, I think, than we than maybe we first would look like look at it out of context. So, Pastor, anything else? Verses one through three. Well, you know, I the I want to tease a little bit here. 
we're going to see Christ in in two places. Ah. I, I should say in at least two places. Right? There's many, <laughs> many. There's the depth of Scripture is inexhaustible. But in this case, I'm gonna I'm gonna want to explore at least at least two. And okay. I would say, so, oh, should do, I read a few verses first before you get to that? I I'm actually, want to even... I'm gonna I'm gonna pop it right here with uh, it. with this okay, first section forward. one through three. Okay, Jacob here. I love it. Uh, having wrestled with God, having been changed by him, um, is now coming in a manner, in a type of Christ. Uh, and, I, and I think of Philippians 2, uh, in, in verse 5, you know, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant. Right, being born in the likeness of men. So Jacob, who has wrestled with God, who has the blessing of his father, um, who has all these things of heaven, uh, is, is no longer counting all of these, these, um, these blessings as something that needs to be fiercely guarded or stolen or clung to uh, with reckless abandon. You know, equality with God, a thing to be grasped. The things that God has given to Jacob, he is now content to let be and to walk in humility. Uh, the, the, the treasures, the blessing, these things, he's ready to set aside and, and, and enact peace, just as Christ Jesus did, to lay aside his glory and to join with creation, to walk among us and to and to be our fulfillment of all righteousness. So in that sense, forgive me if I'm not saying this correctly, so I want to make sure we're clarified that we would see... We'll wrestle with it, brother. We'll wrestle with it. There we go. I like (laughs) it. Is we would see Jacob as a type of Christ in this scenario. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Um, As as we should um, really try to see ourselves. You know, we who have been buried with him in our baptism and raised to a newness of life who are clothed now with, with Christ's righteousness, that, that we too strive by the Spirit to walk in a manner worthy of this, of this humility. Because God is, is, is all-powerful, and he is infinitely just, he is infinitely merciful, infinitely righteous, and, and, and yet, instead of, of smiting the world, he comes to join his creation. And to be lowly as us, to bring us then into his greatness. And so this loneliness here is, is, is with Jacob then approaching. Um, and, and, and let's get to the next section. Yeah. Okay, oh, like, yeah. a cliffhanger, great. right? <laughs> cliffhanger once again. And I tell you what, it was funny when you said, I see Jesus in, in two places here. And there was kind of a little bit of a let the other shoe drop, like, are we saying only? There's only two places that right. Jesus could be in here? There's only two, right? <laughs> That's it. And then the story. No, it's kidding. Okay, let's keep moving forward. Verse four. But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him, fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. And when Esau lifted up his eyes and saw the women and children, he said, Who are these with you? Jacob said, The children of God has graciously given your servant. Then the servants drew near, they and their children, and bowed down. Leah likewise and her children drew near and bowed down. And last, Joseph and Rachel drew near, and they bowed down. 
Pastor, this is that emotional piece to this where you you can't help. You can't help but have the the parable of the prodigal son just ringing, just right pop into your mind when you see this. Esau does not go up and kind of leave it like, you know what, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Jacob think even longer that these four hundred guys are the National Guard coming to take us down. Like I could I could just make it look like I'm mad. I could, you know, have a sword in my hand. I could do all these things. No, what does he do? He runs, meets him, embraces him. Before even hear anything from Jacob at all, Esau runs and does all this. Pastor, we have about three minutes before our break here. Let's let's dig in deep here. What do you got? All right. You know what? Esau has for 20 years. It's been 20 years since these brothers, these twin yeah. brothers have parted. Mm-hmm. I, I do not have a twin. I have a I have a sibling, but the intimacy I have, the friendship I have with my sibling, I can only imagine has is so much greater with with a twin. You've been together since mm-hmm. <laughs> since the Lord was knitting you in the womb, and He's then been twenty years of anger, twenty years of rage, and I can only imagine how that would how that would consume you, and and eat at your soul. Um, to be angry for so long at, at, at one who is of the same flesh as you. But, you know, Luther in his commentary in Genesis uh, points to the, the source of Esau's change. Uh, it's saying that it is God who has changed Esau's heart. And... And I think we see it in, in the way that Jacob had, had laid forth his concerns, his fears to God, and, and God has given him his promise. You know, your, your children will be as numerous as the sand on the shore. Um, now, it, it, we're not explicitly told that, that God worked on Esau's heart, but we know that God is the one who, who softens our hearts to bring us to repentance, right, uh, by his word. Uh, but 20 years of anger and... And, you know, Esau, we don't know what's in his mind. But even if he was coming with these 400 men to slaughter Jacob, um, you know, when he finally gets that moment, you know, I, I think his heart breaks. He sees his brother, and all he wants is peace, reconciliation. Now, I would argue that he's coming with the, the royal guard of the estate, but he still wants reconciliation. He wants his brother back. It's been 20 mm. years. And, and you know, <laughs> I know St. Paul tells us to subdue our passions, right? But I think in this case, the love <laughs> of the brother, the, that passion consumes him. And all he wants is to hold his brother, to kiss him, and, and, and you know, and cry. Groaning's too deep for words. I, there's, there's, mm. I don't mm. think there's anything. And you'll notice... And I think this this just popped into my head. This might be one of those brilliant things that's not so brilliant, but <laughs> but they don't actually do confession and absolution here, right? They they don't say no. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I did this, I forgive you. What do they do? They do confession and absolution uh, with with tears, you know, and and yeah. and and all of that enmity is gone. And this is what we pray in our own lives. Right now, we need to take our break and let that simmer a little bit. We are studying Genesis chapter 33 with Pastor Doug Gribbenau, and we'll be right back.
These are the voices of young Lutherans in Mexico City, children who are excited to learn more about their Savior, Jesus. But they need our help, because good Lutheran books for kids in the Spanish language are in short supply in Mexico. To learn how you can help tell Spanish-speaking kids everywhere about Jesus in a language they can understand, go to the Lutheran Heritage Foundation website at lhfmissions.org forward slash Juan 316. And welcome back. We are studying Genesis chapter 33 with Pastor Doug Gribbenow, mission advocate here on KFUO, uh, for KFUO, I should say. And Pastor, we just got done saying what what I, I think is just as profound as maybe you think, is that this uh, repentance and forgiveness was done through tears. Now, we don't want to get that mixed up, that um, repentance and forgiveness is clearly done by the Word of God, clearly done on account of Christ. Um, but we do understand that uh, we might not hear the words here, but they happen. And what we have is the emotional aspect of things, which we don't want to deny. Because when you have, for example, you know, my sister lives in Vermont, and we haven't been able to see each other much because of COVID. But when that reunion happens, uh, whether it's once a year, usually it's once a year that we see each other. I mean, that, that's a joyous thing. But if it had been 20 years, and it is obvious that we were fully reconciled after something horrible. I mean, how could you not have a crazy amount of emotions and to know that the Lord has brought us back together? I mean, that's it, it just captures the heart of who we are as humans and the gifts that God gives to us. Your thoughts? You know, I, I, I think being a father has made me a better pastor because mm-hmm. I finally get to see uh, from a perspective what it's like for God to deal with us. <laughs> Toddlers right, are right. wonderful things because I am a toddler. I think all of us in relation to God are like toddlers. And you know, my, my, my little son, Leo, generally he's a very good boy, but you know, the old Adam is strong with this one. Sometimes when he has done something really just grievously wrong, he can't even get the words out to say he's sorry. He's just crying. And, and you know, and, and his dad, I say, are, are you sorry? And just, you know, he can't say anything. He's just burbling with tears and wetness and snot and just shakes his head, yes, up and down. And, and you know, there are some times when I come into the church service that, you know, if I have grievously wronged the Lord, I can't even necessarily give give voice to my sorrow. And that's a wonderful gift that we have the, the the confession absolution those words that God has formed and given to us in His Scripture to to cover all of our sins so we don't have to hunt and find those words we know that the Spirit is speaking through us to confess those things and then God says to us you are forgiven mm. um, even in the midst of our snot and our tears and our shaking <laughs> it's um, so true so true oh and my you goodness you know one of those phrases in our divine service you know with repentant joy we come before the lord right in mm-hmm. in for his supper you know and and what is this idea of repentant joy and and now that i <laughs> it's been a while since i was actually a physically a toddler in this world i see it in my son i see myself in him you know that shaking that that joy of having been forgiven of having been restored um that that you are just this euphoria that that love is is there that you have been reconciled it's born of that repentance of that of that sorrow that is now turned to joy because of forgiveness and that's you know these these tears and this kissing 
you know, it's 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 the whole the whole deal right there. It's the confession, the absolution, and then and then it's this this euphoria, this joy of 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 love being restored. And what we see is that this reconciliation that the Lord gave, the emotions, everything you can imagine. I love how you said that. There's times where we don't exactly get the words up, but boy, is that repentance there, but also that forgiveness. And then Esau lifted up his eyes that this reconciliation did not only bring two brothers together, but it brought a whole family together. That's right. He and, says, and, and who are these with you? Oh, it's just all the anticipation. Pastor, what are your thoughts? Well, I don't want to step over this, this, this point. You know, Jacob, having wrestled with God, now changed, right? Mm-hmm. At peace and, 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 and confidence as the Lord has, has given him his word and promise, he lifted up his eyes to see without fear, but to see with, with, you know, with new eyes. Here we have again Esau lifting up his eyes um, now in, in peace. You know, the reconciliation has happened. So he too is changed. He's lifting up his eyes in a changed way. And he sees this whole host. What's interesting is the, the differences between these brothers, which have been so radical from the very beginning, are, are sort of embodied in the two camps that are meeting, right? Hmm. Esau, a man of state, a man of, of, of worldly wealth and power uh, and authority coming with you know, the royal guard, and, and then Jacob, uh, who is coming here with, with family, with women and children. Uh, a very different, a very different blessing, um, and and now they are being brought together. Right, There's a sort of wholeness here. It isn't in, in our culture, Pastor. I, I wanted to go here and just kind of get your thoughts. Go for it. Is is that so? The servants drew near and their children, and they bowed down. Leah came, bowed down. Uh, Rachel and Joseph came and bowed down. For us, that would almost be kind of a degrading thing, if you will, but. But I'll say this is that yesterday we flew back um, from from Houston to Minnesota here. And one of the, the dynamics is one of there was a guy who was playing guitar for much of the youth gathering. And he is from Nigeria. And and our kids saw him they're like, hey, we want to get a picture with that guy. So they go up to him and take a picture with him. And, and when it ended, he bowed to them. He said, thank you very much. And he bowed. And they're like, what is that? Um, and I kind of described it. And also, obviously, it's here as kind of a sign of respect. It's a sign of, of we're together, you know, that this is you are someone that I beloved. And that's and that's what that bowing means for us. Sometimes we can see that as more of a submissive um, kind of degrading thing, but really it was more of a respect thing. Any thoughts you have on that? That's kind of what I've always taught, but maybe there's more to it. No, I think you're absolutely right. It, it is a respect thing, but it's, it is also a recognition um, of, of, of someone's place. And, and mm. so in the sense that, you know, we come and, and we bow down before the Lord, not as a degrading thing, but in, in recognition that, that he is of greater authority than us. And, and this is the, the really unique thing. Here we have Jacob and his entire household. Jacob, who's been given the blessing, right? And an irrevocable blessing. Um, and who had been striving, you know, that equality, a thing to be grasped. Now in, in, in the Christian way is, is content with, with who he is, with what he has been given. And, and now his brother, who by you know, natural order... You know, the elder brother, the one who is of greater authority, 
Jacob and his household uh, are, are no longer striving in, in this battle, but content with what the Lord has given. And, and so they, they give honor and homage to you know, the, the elder brother, uh, but also a, a, a respect that the, here, is, here is your uncle that you've never met. <laughs> right. Here is my brother, you know, your brother-in-law that you've never met. Uh, and, he is, and he is an important, an important man. Uh, in the worldly sense, but also an important man because he is he is Jacob's brother, right? And so, yes, absolutely, absolutely, in terms of of respect, um, but also in terms of of humility. There's no longer a need to to try to do one upmanship. As we look at this, it's a good reminder for me that you are listeners, and probably Pastor. I'm not going to include you too quickly here, Pastor, but myself. There's there's people we need to reconcile with. I mean, in our lives, and one of the beauties of this true story, this account, is a reminder that if Jacob and Esau can reconcile by God's grace, then we are able to reconcile. Now, it's not an equation. That's the problem. Is reconciliation is not an equation. You know, we don't we don't treat people like objects or or something that uh, if you do this, this, and this, they'll do it. But it does show us that God is continuing at work in his people to reconcile them. And so it's my encouragement to me. This is very hopeful as I hear this, is that there's people that we probably need to reconcile with. And guess what? God will provide what we need. What are your thoughts? There is, uh, it is most difficult to reconcile with those we love. Because I think there's a real, we sense a real danger. Uh, And so there's a fear. You know, what if I'm not reconciled? You know, is that is that is the reality of knowing you're not reconciled worse than wondering if you could be or not and never and never actually trying to be reconciled? So often we, I think, motivate ourselves by fear or demotivate ourselves by fear. And so often the biggest hurts um, only come from those we love, those we have been most vulnerable with. And so families hurt each other. And I think there's, a, there's always that sort of fear. And the longer that you wait, the greater that fear grows. What if we won't be reconciled? And, and that is perhaps maybe the fear that Jacob was also sensing, not just of, of bodily harm, but what if, what if we're not reconciled? And so God has given him peace. You know? and, and in the same way, we should... Be confident to to lay out our hearts and say, "I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me." Um, and and know that what we've done is spoken what is true, and leave it to the Lord to uh, to change hearts as need to be changed. Uh, but if nothing else, to know that that you know God's peace is there with you, uh, that that with Him there is forgiveness, and 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 it, that's better than just wandering for 20 years if you will ever be reconciled. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's exactly I mean, to, right. To paraphrase a, a shoe company, just do it. Just go to the people <laughs> that you love, that you have had a, a battle with, and say, I'm sorry, I love you, please forgive me. Um, and, 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 and let the Lord work could, his way. <laughs> that's it. I mean, this is, this is uh, uh, Philemon. I mean, this is the book. Is just that, that pleading for reconciliation and something that that uh, throughout it's the epistle, the epistle of reconciliation, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's a reminder for us that it's right here 
just do it. And I think, uh, Pastor, if if you're anything like me, that we're not we are not sitting here saying it's as easy. What's your problem? Just go do it, you know. Um, but it is something that let's be honest here. We have the Creator of the universe. We have the Reconciler of of all things to back to Himself um, through Jesus Christ. And, and therefore, Lord, give us Holy Spirit enter in that we may reconcile with one another. I mean, okay, uh, thanks be to God that he gives us this gift. Uh, Pastor, we are, we're kind of, we're going slowly here, and I'm okay if we don't get through all the verses. Yeah, no, I, I do think it's time. Let's, let's hit 8 and 9. Let's, let's yeah. move. Let's okay, move. here we yeah. go. We'll go through 8 through 11. All right, here we go. Esau said, what do you mean by all this company that I meet? Jacob answered, to find favor in the sight of my Lord. But Esau said, I have enough. My brother, keep what you have for yourself. And Jacob said, no, please. If I found found favor in your sight, then accept my present from my hand. For I've seen your face, which is like seeing the face of God, and you have accepted me. Please accept my blessing that is brought to you, because God has dealt graciously with me. And because I have enough, thus he urged him, and he took it. So right there, Esau gets right down to, you know, okay, all right, this is great, but what's all this stuff? <laughs> Why is all this stuff sitting there? And and how does that break down? It sounds like Minnesotans were like, here, accept this gift. And the Minnesotan says, oh, no, 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 I can't. I can't. He's like, no, please take it. Oh, no. It's like the rule of three. Once you say it three times, then they finally say, okay, I'll take it now. Right. But that's not like what's going on here. What's going on? Well, we've come to that, the, <laughs> at least the second of, of unnumbered, unnumbered known how many times Christ is in here. But the second one that I want to talk about right, is that <laughs> now we have Esau standing in the place of, of Christ. Um and, and and remember when Jacob sent the the gifts galore, that mm-hmm. was when he was terrified, when he was wrapped up in that fear, you know, almost in that worldly sense of maybe I can manipulate my brother by giving him enough gifts that he won't want to slaughter me because I'm useful to him. I have I have things I can do for him. Right? Maybe he'll keep me around just because I can give him stuff. Uh, and 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 so that's when the gifts were sent, and. And so Esau, you know, is is saying, "Why did you send me all these gifts?" You know, probably in 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 some ways, Christ. You know, why are you trying to 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 bribe me uh, for salvation? It, it, it's it's a free gift. You know, there, you don't have to do all these things. Don't stop beating yourself up all the time. You know, you believe in me and 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 have eternal life. Uh, so why why are you doing all these things? And Jacob. You know, is very honest. You know, he doesn't preface it by saying, "Well, I was kind of afraid you were going to, you know, cut off my neck." Uh, but you know, I, it was to find favor in in the in your eyes. You know, I I, I wanted you to be happy with me. You know, <laughs> fair right, enough. Okay, right. but Esau, you know, is saying, "I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself." You know, I have every, everything that is necessary. You know. This is this has been given to you. It is a blessing to you, and and you know, our 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 reconciliation, our relationship is not based on on exchange theory. You know, of uh, you know, I can buy this and I can give you that. It's not a social contract. Uh, this is this is grace. All right, I have enough, my brother. You keep what you have for yourself. But Jacob, no, please. If I have found favor in your sight, then accept the present from my hand. And this is. This is where that idea of the gift changes 
I think, in, in, in Jacob's mind. It was initially sent out of fear, and now it is given out of love. He's a cheerful giver. For I have seen your face, which is like seeing the face of God, and you have accepted me. As we come and kneel down before the altar of the Lord, we come to the, the, the creator of, of all things, the, the judge of all things, he who can kill body and soul. And, and we, you know, in our sinfulness should be terrified of that. Uh, but in our faith and, 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 and by the spirit, we can see his face and live because he has accepted us. You know, we lift up our eyes and behold our Father, right, who art in heaven. And so in this way, mm. here is Esau standing in that place of the one who could have destroyed me and who had every right to destroy me you know, because I had been a wicked jerk. And, and yet he forgave me. He received me. And, that's, and so here we have then our relationship to the Father through Jesus um, of, of this reconciliation of the one who rightly could give us what we deserve, which is hell, death, and damnation, and instead gives us righteousness, innocence, blessedness, eternal life, and, and, and a place in his house as his family. As we look at this, it is quite, it's quite profound, as you say that, that uh, there's one person I remember gave, gave us a gift, I think it was for Christmas as a pastor, and I was just like overwhelmed by the generosity. And I said something, oh, I can't, I can't accept this. And they said, don't take away my joy of giving. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so it was such a great line. And I've said that to people too. And I try to be generous. Of course, I'm not nearly as generous as I need to be. And Lord have mercy upon me. But here it's totally something along those lines that Jacob's like, listen, don't take my joy. Don't, 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 don't take the gift of the spirit away from me. Let me have joy in this generosity. You know, don't take away my joy. Basically is how it's being said. That's right. Don't steal and, my and joy. That's, don't steal my joy in this situation. And it is such a reminder for us that, you know, this is a God thing and this, God's doing this. God's working through this. He does throw by his and word. God he does loves throw, to does give. Through. God loves, loves to give. Uh, and, and as we mature in our own lives, we find that we love to give too. It's more fun to give, and more blessed it is, right, to give than to receive. It's more fun. Let's be honest. It's more, more fun. fun to give it a great really gift is. and to see the look on someone's face when they get something from you that says, "I love oh, you." I love it. And so, Pastor, as we look at these first eleven verses, I want to make sure that we're that we really have uh, dug dug to the riches before we move on. Uh, anything else you got before we move on to the next few verses? You know. Um, no, I, I, I want. I, we have only a little bit of time. Let's let's dig through these ends. Unless there was something right, I missed, because you are a very no, smart, I think, smart fellow, there, brother. There you go. I'm trying to. <laughs> and just, the thing is, this is just so much fun because I really do encourage you, our listeners, to to read read this chapter, read, read it, read it over and over again. Especially if you feel like you're not reconciled, it just reminds you how how God does work through these things, and His grace is more than sufficient. You so know, brother, all, um, you 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 sparked a. A, a Go ahead. In me. I Please. find it interesting, ironic even a little bit, that <laughs> Jacob's son, <laughs> Joseph, yeah. is yeah. not going to follow his father's example of reconciliation. <laughs> mm. He's going to play mm -hmm. that little game of, oh, my brothers don't know who I am. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, and I'm going to manipulate things. I mean, Joseph and, and 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 is a wonderful story, and and that is a great comfort to me. But it's it's very interesting that we have here the father and the son in in same ways. But you know, Jacob is just he's he's ready to lay it down and be reconciled. Uh, and Joseph, uh, Joseph wants to, wants to bring everyone together for for their reconciliation. Um, mm. And and I would say it's not so much because Joseph has a has a different heart, right? That that he's he's just more of a jerk, right? <laughs> right. I right. I would say, and I would argue, if you look at these two stories, it is it is the heart of the one with whom they need to be reconciled that is telling. See, Esau was ready to be reconciled, and boom, it it happened. Joseph's brothers still needed to come to a, a point of repentance for what they had done and then could be reconciled. And in the same way, so God leads us to repentance because without repentance, we can't be reconciled. Um, and, and so I think both of these stories are, are, are wonderful places for us to, to lay our fears when we come to reconciliation. Um, so so read, read chapter 33, but then also read Joseph and his brothers. Further in Genesis, it's a beautiful book. Uh, but, but then go <laughs> forth with the confidence that, that reconciliation is, is the life of the Christian. Repentance, right? Yeah. Well, let's keep moving forward. First Boom, of all. Let's do it. Then Esau said, let us journey on our way and I will go ahead of you. But Jacob said to him, my Lord knows the children are frail. And that the nursing flocks and herds are a care to me. If they are driven hard for one day, all the flocks will die. Let my Lord pass on ahead of his servant, and I will lead on slowly at the pace of the livestock that are ahead of me, and at the pace of the children until I come to my Lord in Sayer. Uh, let's, stop, let's stop there real quick. Any yeah. thoughts? You know, uh, because just because we, we've now been reconciled, it doesn't mean we have to be, be you know, bound at the hip. So, mm-hmm. so these twins don't have to be Siamese twins, as they say, right? Yeah. They're reconciled. And just because they're going to be physically apart doesn't mean they're not going to be any closer to each other, right? Um, and they both have responsibilities. So here we have the man of state with his men uh, who, who can go just as fast as he can. Let, let's get to my place and we'll, we'll hang out. And, and, and here we have Jacob that says... You know, no, I, I have responsibilities to care for these. You know, I have livestock. I have children. Uh, we need to walk in our way, and you walk in your way. And though we may you know, geographically be walking in different places, we're in the Lord, we're still walking together. You know, we're at peace. And, and, and of course, there's always that affinity. I want to spend time with you. I want to help you out. And that's and Esau's going to come to that. He's going to be like, well, well, let me help you out. And Jacob says, no, it's fine. You know, I've got what I need. Uh, and you got what you need, and 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 we're good. Uh, so I, I think that's what I sort of see here. And fifteen picks up with that 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 you know Esau. Oh yeah. Uh, well, let's help. keep moving through. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Let's go, go to the end here. So Esau said, "Let me leave you with some of the people who are with me." But he said, "What need is there? Let me find favor in the sight of my lord." So Esau returned the day on his way to Seir. But Jacob journeyed to Succoth and brought himself a house and made booths for his livestock. Therefore, the name of that place is still Succoth. And Jacob came safely to the city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan, on his way 
Amaram, and he camped before the city. And from his sons of Hamor, Shechem's father, he bought for a hundred pieces of money the piece of land on which he pitched his tent. There he erected an altar and called it El Elohi Israel. Pastor, the, the, some details here, but we have about three minutes left in our time. Let's keep going. Yeah. So Esau says, you know, let me help, brother. You know, I, I'll send some guys with you. And and Jacob says, no, no. What, what need is there? No, these are your, let me find favor in your sight. You know, we we really truly are reconciled. We don't need to keep keep trying to to please each other now, right? Uh, I know you want to help, brother, but I, I've, I've got what I need. The Lord, he, so he, what Jacob's saying is, I'm content with what the Lord has given me, which is such a radical difference from when they were kids. Not content with what the Lord had given him. He was, he was trying to steal what the Lord had given to Esau. And now he says, Esau, I, I'm content. The Lord has given me what, all that I need, uh, you know, my daily bread, and, and with that I'm contented. Uh, and so... And so Esau, you know, I'll help you, but okay, fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll go to my place, you go to yours. Um, and, and so they, they geographically part ways, uh, but, uh, but are, are, are still walking together in, in the family now. It is, it is interesting there is, is that, okay, how does this relationship look after there's reconciliation? And, and, and unfortunately, it doesn't come with a handbook. You know how reconciliation happens. There's peace there. Okay, and how does this look? Are we going to live in the same town? Are we going to live next door? And this is important for all of us. Is just because you love your family doesn't mean you have to live next door. But you know what? You sure can. If you want and to. That, and that's right. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. And so that's a good reminder here of they're, they're wrestling with, okay, now what does this look like? What does this reconciled life look like? And you know what? That's why I love the reality of Genesis. It just shows us that those realities of, yep. This is true. However, it doesn't mean that it has to necessarily be this, this, or this because you see it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Pastor, and, we have a minute, minute and a half left in our time. Give us a little bit on that and then summarize our time right. before we end. Jacob then settles down for the first time in decades. No That's longer true. striving and running and conniving. And he, he, buys, he buys some land. I mean, if that, if that doesn't say, I'm planning to be here a while, that says I'm planning to be here a while. And so <laughs> he's ready to finally settle down. He's not running anymore. He's ready to live and be in the place where God has called him to be and to enjoy the gifts that God has given him and be content with all that the Lord has provided. Uh, so it is it is a peace, peace within himself now, peace with his brother, peace with God. One minute left. How would you summarize our text and encourage our listeners in Christ? Just as God, just as we know love because God has loved us, we know reconciliation because we have been reconciled to God. And so we, we walk in the way, in the way that Christ has led us and guided us, which is to be at peace with one another, to love and to forgive. And, and honestly, and when we screw up, let's learn a little bit from, from what has been written for our learning and instruction. Don't wait 20 years. <laughs> Yeah. Be reconciled yeah. quickly. Go quickly to be reconciled, you know, before you come to the altar, right? Before you go back to the, your daily life, before we even come into our family of saints. You know, the ones we love are the ones that, that we hurt the most and the ones that hurt us the most. But the joy of reconciliation, especially within the household of faith, is so much deeper uh, because it, it is really it is found in Christ Jesus. 
Pastor Doug Gribben now, mission advocate for us here on KFUO, giving us God's strong word from Genesis chapter 33. Pastor Gribben now, it's a joy, it's an honor, and thank you for bringing us his gifts. Thank you for having me, brothers and sisters. And I, I will say, I'm always preaching to myself from the pulpit, and today I think we did a study to myself from, from the <laughs> exactly. Bible. Thanks be to God. Amen. I'm your host, Pastor Brady Finner, and thank you for joining us, and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hand.